Well, this morning, uh, we're going to have a little different order in our service. Uh, today marks our 25th anniversary as a church. 25 years of God's blessing upon us. So this morning, we want to look to the future. You know, the last two weeks, two weeks ago, we looked at the past and God's blessings to us. Last week, we looked at the present. And this morning, Pastor Bruce and I want to talk to you about the future. So Bruce and I are kind of tag team teaching here this morning. Uh, Bruce graciously gave me 10 of the 30 minutes that I could share with you this morning. Take your Bibles, join me, Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Catching my breath here, I just ran down from the senior service to get here in time. Because Bruce and I are sharing in all the services together this morning. So, yeah. Philippians 3, verse 12, the Apostle Paul writes this. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. What is the Apostle Paul talking about here? In the context before verse 12, he says up in verse 8 at the very end of it, he says, that I may gain Christ. In verse 9, he says, that I may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own. Down in verse 10, he says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, and then get this, becoming like him in his death. And then in verse 11, that I may attain the resurrection from the dead. The Apostle Paul has a goal to be more and more like Jesus, to know more and more about Jesus. And notice what Paul says about himself. He says in verse 12, not that I have already obtained. Paul's saying, I haven't arrived. He also says in that verse, that he is not perfect. I'm not already perfect. I'm not totally complete. Now, if that's true of the Apostle Paul, it's certainly true of all of us, right? I think we all know we have not arrived. We have not obtained. But we are still works in progress. And while that is true for us individually, it is also true for us as a church. We have not arrived. We are not perfect. We are a good church. God has blessed us. God has used us to accomplish many things, but we have not arrived as a church. And though there have been many blessings, 
over the last 25 years. We need to continue to press on. In verse 13, Paul says, forgetting what is behind. You know, as you go through the scriptures, you'll find certain passages that talk about remember, remember this, remember that. And then we have passages like this one that says to forget, forgetting the things that are behind. The, the context indicates whether it's good for us to remember or whether it's good for us to forget. And in our journey to be all that God wants us to be, for us to become more and more like Christ, we need to forget about the victories that are behind us and press forward on the things that are ahead of us. And so we're going to talk a little bit this morning about the next 20 years at Maranatha Bible Church. One of the things that we do not want to hear at Maranatha Bible Church are the seven last words of a dying church. And those words are this. We have never done it that way. Let that sink in for a moment. We don't want to hear those words. That's a mark of a dying church. See, our message will never change. We are rooted and focused on the message of the word of God. But our methods will change. There's a difference between the message and the methods. It is our prayer that this church will never compromise the message of the word of God until Jesus comes back and takes us home. But as we continue to engage people in our culture, we must change our methods over time. And so for the next 20 years, we'll be doing some things different than we've done them in the past. Oh, we should all be prepared for that because of the COVID virus, right? It's made us change the way that we do certain things. Maybe God's preparing us for something great here in the future because he's sovereign and in control. So over the next five years as a church, number one, we want to see a successful transition in the leadership of our elders. Over the last couple years, we have six men that have transitioned off our elder board to create room for some younger men to serve in the role of elder. Just this month, you affirmed four of those individuals. Chris Barnes, Dave Duma, Sean McCloskey, and Brad Mooney were affirmed by you as a church, and they are now a part of the elder board. I want you to be praying, especially right now, for Sean McCloskey. Uh, as far as we know, he's still in the hospital. This morning he had an accident yesterday with a chainsaw and cut his leg. And uh, the last we heard, they were contemplating surgery on his leg. So be praying for Sean. In the next five years, actually five years... On our 30th anniversary, there is going to be a transition in the position of senior pastor. Now, hear me carefully. That's five years from now. Whenever I talk about that, people have me retired and in the grave the next week. <laughs> so 
So we are talking five years from now on the 30th anniversary of the church. God has impressed it upon my heart that at that point it is time for new leadership in the church. At that point, I will have led this church for 30 years. It also marks that same month, marks 50 years in ministry for me, five years from now. Uh, I'm not retiring. I will go to some other role, whatever God has prepared for me. But the plan is that in five years, that Pastor Bruce Rosa will become the next senior pastor of this church. And, and you will have an opportunity in five years to vote for him as the next senior pastor of the church. Over the next five years, it is our goal to see 80% of our congregation, of the members and those who regularly attend Maranatha Bible Church, to be involved in a setting beyond just the worship service, some type of smaller setting, be that a connect group, be it an ABF, be it a women's group, be it a men's group, be it a small discipleship group. We all need something more than just the corporate worship service on Sunday morning. And we want to be able to identify over the course of the next five years, 80% of our congregation involved in one of those groups. Another thing that we want to see is we want to see an increased number of baptisms. Uh, year by year, we want to see more and more people come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and make their public profession of faith. That's what baptism is. This morning, right after I pray, we're going to have baptisms today in our service. Praise God that today, across our services, we have 12 individuals who are being baptized, professing their faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We want to continue to work so that that number will grow more and more as we share the gospel here locally in our church. That's what we want to see happen over the next five years. A little bit later in the service, uh, Pastor Bruce will be here, and he will be sharing about beyond the next five years, but over the next 20 years, what we want to see and what we are committed to. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your blessings upon us. We give you all the honor and glory for anything that has happened that has lasting results because it's all of you and through you and by you. We praise you, Lord, for that which you have done. And, Father, we pray that even as you have blessed us in the past, you will bless us in the future. Help us that we might continue to press forward, honoring you and serving you and bringing glory to the name that is worthy of all praise, the name Jesus. For in his name we pray, amen. We serve a great God, amen. And uh, he is so worthy to be praised, worthy of our worship. And I don't know how anybody can sit and listen to what God has done and what God is doing, how we can stand and, and sing and proclaim the things that we know to be true of our God and then walk out those doors and not tell others 
about the God that we serve. Uh, he is so worthy. He is so worthy. And uh, we are so grateful and thankful for the many blessings that we have in Christ, the calling that we have in Christ, the work that God has given to us to accomplish in Christ. And I look forward to the next 20 years of serving together and pursuing Christ's likeness together and making Jesus known together as a church. Are you looking forward to that, church? So good to be able to do that. I wanted you to turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3 this morning. Uh, Pastor Butch already read the passage and already looked at uh, a bit of this passage. But I want to just briefly this morning really challenge each one of us as believers and as a church this morning with three challenges. Three challenges. And then I want to close things out by giving you uh, the assurance of six commitments as a church that will remain true for us in the next 20 years. Today, as we celebrate 25 years of ministry at Maranatha, we have so much to be thankful for. But now, today is not a day or time to stand still. Today is not a day for us to look and say, look what God has done and God is now finished because God is not finished working through this church and through you and I as believers in Christ. And so I want to look at three challenges, first of all, in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 16. The first challenge is that you and I as believers and that we as a church will press on. Say that with me. Press on. Paul's going to say that twice. Twice in verse 12 and then verse 14. He says, not that I've already obtained, verse 12, this, or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I don't consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. As believers in Christ, as those that know Jesus as Savior, as those that are children of God, we as believers in Christ should always have this mindset, this mentality of pressing on in Jesus Christ. Pressing on. Paul had that mindset. Paul had that reality. He recognized and he would say it in these verses before us. He would say it earlier on in the chapter. He would say it even before that earlier on in chapter 1 where Paul recognized that he was not yet with Christ perfected in glory. And until that day comes, Paul was pressing on in pursuit of Christ's likeness, in pursuit of knowing Christ, even to the point that he would say, I even want to have fellowship with him in his sufferings because I want to know him. We press on. I know how many of you have ever traveled overseas internationally, but that kind of travel, international travel, can either be a smooth experience or it can be a very rough experience. And I've had both, and I remember one particular trip that we were taking overseas for missions, that my experience traveling internationally was an absolute nightmare. I remember literally sprinting through the airport, which for me is not that fast, but it was fast for me, sprinting through the airport, carrying luggage, and with a team with me, trying to catch connecting flights in a foreign country, in an airport that there was language I didn't know or understand, signage that I really didn't know or understand, and I was just so stressed about getting to the location I had to get to. 
I remember having, some of you that were on this trip, you remember this, I, I remember even having a conversation with uh, a, a lady, a French lady that was not real accommodating and me not being able to understand what people were saying in French was really bothersome to me. That's so stressful if you've ever been in a situation like that. And, and I remember the stress and strain of all the travel getting there didn't leave me even while I was there. And so even on the trip, when we finally arrived at our destination, the only thing on my mind the entire week that was stressing me out was the fact that I have to do it again to go back home. And I remember the stress of that. And I remember being overseas in different airports and connecting flights and trying to get through all of these different things. And I remember how stressed I was about that the whole trip. And then I remember traveling home. There came a point in time where we had our final connecting flight to the United States of America, and I remember being on that plane in the air, thinking in my mind, I'm finally going home. And I was able to relax, to put my guard down. That when the, the flight attendant would walk by and say, can I get you something to drink? I was like, yeah, I think I'll have a Coke. I'll even have the calories with the Coke. Because I am, I am relaxed, because I'm going home. There's something about that, isn't it, that just is relaxing, that the stress kind of melts away because you're looking forward to the destination that you long to be at. What do I share that? Friends, the Bible tells us that this is not our home. We are strangers and foreigners in this land, that our home is in glory with Christ, that that, that is our eternal destiny, that we will be with him. But here's the problem. Sometimes it can be easy as children of God, as a church, as children of God, to look at accomplishments or successes or growth or things that God has done and to have this tendency to want to sit back, relax, and take it easy because we think that we are home when we're not yet there. We are always, at all times, in this world to be of a press-on mindset because we're not home yet there are always more folks that need to know Jesus as Savior there is always Christ likeness for you and I as believers to pursue we have a message to share we have glory that is due to God to give we press on Paul says I press on. I want you to think, was there anybody walking the face of the earth at that time that would have a bigger reason to boast about the things that God had done or was doing in his life than Paul? And yet Paul's mindset was, I press on. Might we press on as believers? Might we press on as a church in our pursuit of Christ's likeness to the glory of Christ as we pursue righteous, holy living through him? Secondly, look forward. Press on, and secondly, look forward. Look at what Paul says. Brothers, verse 13, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, he says. Straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul is saying, I am straining forward. Paul was looking forward. Straining forward. Forward. As a believer in Jesus Christ, we press on and we look ahead at what we know to be true. Now listen, here's something I think is so valuable. 
You and I as believers in Christ are the only individuals walking the face of this earth with absolute certainty, with absolute certainty, know what our future is. Think of that. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ today, you and I have 100% absolute certainty about our eternity in Jesus Christ. We know what lies ahead. And so if you and I know what comes next, that should have a direct impact on our daily living. We know what comes next for us because when this life ends, we shall see him. And we will be like him. I think of the words of Job in, in Job's book where he says, I know that my Redeemer lives. And in the end, he will stand on the earth. He will reign on the earth. And though my flesh be destroyed, yet with my eyes, I shall see God. With my own eyes, not another, but me, I will see him. Listen, if you're a child of God today, there's great news that you have today. You will see him. You will be with him. And we press on and look forward to that day that is coming. And only the believer in Jesus Christ with absolute certainty knows their future. Everybody wants to know their future. But only the believer in Christ with absolute certainty knows it. And so we look forward. We look forward. We are straining forward. We are pressing on. We are looking ahead to what lies ahead. Look at chapter 3, verse 7 to 11, where, where Paul says, Whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection of the dead. Paul says in these passages, these verses here, listen, I have done it all. When it comes to keeping the law and righteousness that could be found by keeping the law, I was zealous at keeping the law. I was zealous about doing what man would say needs to be done to be righteous in God's eyes, and it left me wanting. I had nothing. It's garbage. It's worthless. And I count it all as worthless for the really, truly surpassing knowledge of knowing Christ, the joy that is found in Christ the joy that is found in knowing that when this life ends, eternity begins. And that's my home. And I press forward and I look forward to it. I press on, I strain forward. I don't know how many of you deal with this, but occasionally if you have your head turned a certain way and you eventually turn your head back, how many of you ever get like a neck kink? Is that just age? Because that never used to happen to me. Things like that, like where I'm like, if I'm listening to someone talking or whatever, and I'm like this, and I turn my head, I'm like, wow, i got to warm up next time before I do it. <laughs> or like if you get in the shower, and like when you got in the shower, you weren't, like you didn't have anything wrong, and when you got out of the shower, like how did I pull something in there? Like, like if I'm doing this to my, I don't have a lot of hair, but I still wash my head. But like if I'm doing that, and like you do it too hard, and it's like, oh, I kinked my neck from washing my head in the shower. It's, it's one of those things. 
We understand what it's like when we're turned a certain way for too long or we're laying in a particular position for too long and then we feel the effects of it because we're straining, looking at something. Listen, the only strain you and I should have as believers is straining forward, looking ahead to what we know to be true in Christ. And at times that will be painful because persecution will come, suffering will come. Jesus promised us that. But can I tell you this morning, it will all be worth it. And Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Look forward, church. And then third, stand firm. Verse 15, let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything you think, if anyone, if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have Attained. Let us stand firm, brothers and sisters in Christ, in what we know to be true. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. Stand firm. The word of God is eternal. Stand firm. Jesus Christ is the only name given among men whereby we must be saved. Stand firm. There is no other God. Stand firm. Because he alone is God, and we serve him. I want to read to you in Philippians chapter 1, verses 15 through 30. Lengthy passage, but I want to read it because I think this summarizes Paul's attitude and perspective, and it should summarize the attitude and perspective we should have as believers this morning. Paul's in prison, being persecuted and suffering for the cause of the gospel. There are those that want to add affliction to Paul's bonds. They want to destroy Paul, and Paul has an attitude that in the midst of all that's going on, He wants to rejoice in the preaching of Christ. And listen to what he says. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage now, as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. Amen? But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Verse 27. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Oh, that that's the testimony and desire of every believer in Jesus. Let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. 
Friends, let me read that again to you. Church, let me read that again because this is our mindset. This is our mindset as we serve and honor Christ, that we may stand firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. For it has been granted to you for the sake of Christ that you should not only believe in him, but should suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had, and now here that I still have. This is the attitude and mindset that as a believer in Jesus Christ we must have. That we will press on, that we will look forward, that we will stand firm on the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. It's the same today as it was then. It will be the same tomorrow and for eternity. That Jesus Christ alone saves. That Christ alone is Savior. That the gospel saves. That the word of God is truth. And that the word of God is absolutely necessary. The word of God is the authority. And our God reigns. And as a church, might we be committed in the next 20, 25, 30, 50, however long God tarries, to the message of the gospel in the glory of Jesus Christ. Pressing on, looking forward, and standing firm. Let us not cut corners when it comes to our service for Jesus Christ. Six commitments as a church for the next 20 years that I want to share with you this morning. Number one, an unwavering commitment to the preaching of God's word. We will preach God's word. Always. Always. Number two, a continued commitment to see every believer at Maranatha connect with one another, grow in Christ, and serve him. Because that is the desire our God has for every believer. That we would connect with one another, grow in Christ, and that we would faithfully serve him. Number three, an increased presence in the community for outreach and evangelism. It is not the responsibility of of this church in this building as the only area that the word of God goes forth. It is the responsibility of every believer in this room to take the gospel of Jesus Christ with us as we go from here into our communities, our neighborhoods, our workplaces, our schools to make Christ known. May we be committed to that. May we continue to commit to pastoral training and doctrinal training overseas. We're committed to the training of pastors and leaders around the world with the gospel message and the doctrine of the word of God that lives will continue to be changed all around the globe. Number five, a continued commitment of at least 20% of our annual giving going to missions. We will continue to support the work of missions not only locally, regionally, but around the world as the gospel goes forth. And number six, a continued pursuit of additional church plants to reach our community and surrounding communities for Christ. We are committed to planting churches that will be effective in reaching the surrounding communities with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we remain committed to that. Our desire as a church, our desire as individual believers, should be to glorify and make known Jesus Christ. We have opportunities every day to do that. Will we be faithful to him as he has been faithful to us? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for all that you have done these past 25 years. 
We're thankful for all that you are doing currently in the lives of so many that have been impacted by the gospel and by the truth of the word of God. I pray that you would help us as individuals and as a church to press on, to look forward. Father, that you would help us always at all times to keep our eyes focused on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and that we would stand firm, unwavering on your word for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.